Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. The whole work of the ministry, the sealing, everything that God does, signal by a trumpet, for he will do nothing, save he show it to his servants, the prophets, and that in the New Testament, in these days, is the body of Christ. There we find in Hebrews 1, verse 1, God in sundry times and divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets. That's how he did it in the Old Testament. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. All of those that are in Christ Jesus do not need to go to a prophet or an apostle or any other office for that matter. Or you have an unction from the Holy One and you have no need that any man teach you. It's teaching of the Holy Ghost. There, God deals with every individual personally. True, God uses a fivefold ministry. There are gifts given unto men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. These offices there are servants to the body of Christ. And the greatest... The higher the calling, the greater the servant. He said, first in the church, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. These are servants to the body of Christ. They're not the Lord over God's heritage. They're to be ensembles to the, to the flock. They're not to uh, literally prophesy for mammon or money that are hired harlings uh, making a merchandise of the body of Christ. For this reason, those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things, and will receive the greater condemnation. If you're called to preach, God requires that the motive be for him and him alone as a heart toward God, for we will receive the greater condemnation. There is a very strict uh, their commandment from the Lord to feed his sheep. There, when Peter, uh, as he was addressed from the Lord, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? The Lord asked Peter there, the, the lovest thou is agape. It's God's love. That's a commandment that he's given to each one of us in the body of Christ, that we love one another even as he loved us, which is God's love. And Peter replied back, I'm kindly affectioned as a brother to you. I phileo, I love you, Lord. He said, then feed my lambs. Then he comes again. The second time, lovest thou me, Peter, more than these? Lord, you know I love you. There, the Lord uses again agape, God's love, unconditional, self-devotional love. Peter answers back again, phileo. I love you like with brotherly love, brotherly affection. Feed my sheep. Now he goes the third time, Peter being grieved that the Lord would ask him the third time. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Now he phileo, a brotherly affection, love. And Peter replies back, Lord, you know I love you. Phileo. Then he tells him, when you're young, you'll walk whithersoever thou wouldest, but when you're older, you will walk where thou wouldest not. This he signified by what death he should glorify God. We are to feed the body of Christ in a selfless, self-devotional, godly love. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And that requires not for filthy lucre, not as a hired harling, not given to uh, wine or uh, you know, strikers, but a good report of within in and out of a good report. So a minister called for the ministry, not a novice, not someone new that hasn't been on the on the field uh, there in battles of faith. Let's be lifted up 
thus being lifted up by pride, they fall into the condemnation of the devil, not a novice, someone that's new in the faith. So therefore, there is a training period. And uh, many will say, well, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to preach, uh, get licensed, and here they go. Well, they need to be under a tutorship. They need to be in a ministry there where they learn obedience, uh, taking uh, the oversight thereof uh, under a command of a leader that has had great experience. And by doing so, then they uh, will elude many obstacles uh, that a person will, by going out on their own, will fall into many diverse temptations, uh, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and snares of the devil by the simply not having enough experience. Need to be with someone that is of full age under them as to uh, be mentored by someone of full age. And that's just common sense. Uh, the ones that are full age, uh, they have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil, uh, where a newborn babe is unskillful in the word of righteousness and therefore uh, can fall into uh, the, the pride uh, there and sometimes make self-destruction simply because being lifted up by pride and haughtiness goes before destruction, pride before a fall. So therefore, the progression in the song, we go to the song of Moses, when you come out of Egypt, the first thing there coming out of the world, you repent, you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You're born of the water and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you're born of the spirit. Then you come out of the world and you go directly into the wilderness. You don't go into the promised land right away. You go into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, there to be tempted, tried, to see if you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. And that's the first commandment. There, they, that there is only, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and might. That's an agape love above all things, above family, above a storge, family love, above an eros, sensual love, above a phileo, brotherly love. It's above all things. And going into there, you begin to sing the song of Moses, which is a Shur HaKahadash, which is a feminine song, which is in progression. It's progressive, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So as you go into the wilderness journey, there will be many things that will try the faith. And think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is a try you, is so some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in as much as your protectors of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon you. Where all, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's the reason why the Lord always sent them out two by two because they're a twofold courts not easily broken. And this glorifies the Lord. The song of Moses all the way through the wilderness journey. There comes to the final Kadesh Barnea to pass over Jordan. And it's given the song of Moses again, which is kind of like a bookend. It starts at the beginning of your journey in God. And it is the end of your journey in God before the song of the Lamb, which is the song of the redeemed, which is a masculine song, totally finished. But in that song of Moses and song of the Lamb, we find in Revelation 15, the ones there in the Lord Jesus Christ that have overcome the wicked one. And it says there, there was a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark, 
and over the number of his name. Stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. In other words, their heart in, in harmony with the heavenly things. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Why? Because the judgments that are coming upon the earth are to reveal the glory of God in his essence, who he is. That he is the only omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God alone. There is only one. There's not a trinity. There's not a binary two. Neither is there a oneness where the man is not God, but standing at the right hand of God, glorified man, but not that spirit. The Lord Jesus is that spirit. That man was made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15.45. So the whole judgments of God in the last days are for the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is. His intrinsic value, his essence, that he is God and God alone. And there's not another. And these that sing the song of the Lamb are the redeemed, and they sing the song of Moses. They have been through the wilderness. And starting the song of Moses, what will befall thy people in the last days? It is a song that is feminine. It is progressive, going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, until we come into the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ himself. Now, whom the Lord did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Now, we know there's many called and few chosen. So, in each one of these areas of growth, and as the word is revealed, we have to continue to walk in that word with line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, with the whole foundation being the rock. The man that was a wise man dig deep, not just on the surface, not just going to church and ask Jesus to come into their heart, not just saying the sinner's prayer, but dig deep in the word of God, searching the scriptures daily to see if the things preached are so. Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that Jesus said, testify of me. All of them are from Genesis to Revelation. The dig deep is the foundation rock, Christ, which everything is Christ, for Christ, and in Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's nothing outside of Christ. That's a mystery of godliness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It starts with your first coming out of the world. That starts your walk in God. Then as you progressively go line upon line, precept upon precept, to those that obey in obedience unto righteousness will go on with the fruits of the Spirit unto holiness, partakers of his divine nature, those that do not at any particular crossroads or a junction there where God wants to raise them to a higher height, take heed how you hear. For the same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again, to him that hath, and he will be given the more. To him that hath not, in other words, we come to a promise in the word of God and we reject that truth. Then it'll be taken away, even that which he has. With God, it's all or nothing. We have to go into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. That's the reason why Paul said in Hebrews 4, take heed lest a promise slip any of you that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest come short just over one promise yes these exceedingly great and precious promises are given to us 
that we might escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. That's holiness, true holiness, not a dress code, but a true holiness of the literal body, soul, and spirit sacrificed unto Jesus in obedience unto righteousness, yielding our members and in obedience unto righteousness. If we do not do that, in all truth, anywhere along the way, and we miss that mark, God will then not just automatically throw us away. We don't get, we don't fail the test. We just get to take it again. He runs us around that mountain again, just like he does with all the children in the wilderness until we learn obedience. And that the Lord's patience is long suffering. His mercy endureth forever. But he that hardens his heart, stiffens his neck, shall be cut off and that without remedy. Not that the Lord's not merciful, is that they just not they do not receive the grace of God and they fail of that grace. Now grace won't fail you, but we as believers can fail of the grace of God, counting ourselves unworthy of eternal life. And we find that even Peter talking of of uh, Paul, the apostle Paul, he said those some things, the wisdom given unto Paul, which some things are hard to be understood. He didn't say it was easy. He said, while some wrestle these scriptures, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, not just destruction, but swift destruction. So if we breach this word, break down a wall, immediately a serpent will bite it. Or we break down that wall, a bear will meet us. So we have to be very careful how we hear the truth of the word of God. Always walking softly before God in a broken, humble, and contrite spirit. Well, the song of the Lamb is the ultimate song of the redeemed that we will sing. And singing the song of the Lamb means that you have come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You have gone from a newborn baby that desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby to that of little children. The little children, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. You have come to the revelation that Jesus is the Father. Then you don't stop there. You grow again. And that is as young men. The Word of God is strong in you. You have read the Word of God. You've sought out the book and read. Not one of these things shall fail. Those are the things of faith. And you've overcome the wicked one. You become an overcomer. Then there's still another higher level of glory, which is fathers. The fathers, you have known him that's from the beginning. Those are in the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. They've grown up into him in all things, and the things are the things of faith, in all truth, and are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We find the song of Moses in the last day that we will all sing. We take a look at that in Deuteronomy 31. We see that song of Moses. And notice that he says, in that day, God will hide his face. The face is the glory. Now notice in 2 Corinthians 3, we find that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You see, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come. In 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, we find this is how you try the spirits, whether you're in the faith or not, because there's many false prophets that's entered into the world. Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, not has come, not a past tense, but a present imperfect tense. And that's the whole summation of the work of God, the work of the ministry. And that basically is Jesus Christ, God Almighty, the Spirit of God, the Lord is that Spirit, 
the Holy Ghost, is, present tense, come in the flesh. Present imperfect tense. Why is it imperfect? Because it hasn't been perfected yet. It's still in operation. And most of your new renditions of the translations of the Word of God will have 1 John 4, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is a total error, making it a past tense. Well, Jesus Christ, God himself, did come in the flesh, and he was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the God life. And remember, you to get to godliness, the God life, you had to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, that God life. Not anything that we do, but God through us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You live by that faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. Well, that's the God life. And how did you get that? God was manifest, past tense, in the flesh. But that's not what 1 John 4 is. It says Jesus Christ not has come, but is come in the flesh. In other words, the spirit that Jesus is, is still coming in the flesh, building up that tabernacle of David, building up the church, building up and the called out ones, the ecclesia. It's still happening. Jesus Christ is coming. The flesh is of God. Any spirit that confesses that has to have the revelation of Jesus, that Jesus Christ is that spirit. He is the father of glory. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And that Jesus Christ, that spirit, there in the days of his flesh, there, Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.16, states that God was manifest in the flesh, justifying the spirit, saying of angels, Preached to the Gentiles, believed on the, in the world, received up in the glory. That was the whole death, burial, and resurrection of God manifest in the flesh. He was, past tense. But now, what now? How do you, how do you discern the spirits, whether they are of God or not? Well, it tells you in First John, in his epistle, 4, the fourth chapter, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy One, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus, is come in the flesh. Present, imperfect tense, is still coming in the flesh until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Until the last Gentile is saved, then he will turn to national Israel and all Israel. National Israel will be saved in one day. Now, not in the body of Christ, but as the nation. The national Israel promised by God to Abraham in Genesis 12. I'll make of you a great nation. That is the primary reason for the millennial, thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ, where Israel will be the nation that all other nations will be blessed in, which has not happened yet. And they asked Jesus there in Acts, the first chapter, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to set up Israel as a nation now to rule in the earth? And Jesus responded, well, it's not given for you to know the times and seasons that God has put in his own power. He didn't say it wasn't. It's going to come, but this is in the power of God. It's not given for you to know the times and the seasons that God has put in his singular own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, 
both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the most parts of the earth. Then that started the church age, the dispensation of grace. The embryonic church that began growing in the statue, measure the statue of the fullness of Jesus, which we're all called for. But it's been progressive. It started out embryonic church. Now the church is to be full grown. Fully grown in full majesty in the image of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is not coming back for a church that's not made herself ready. He's coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, glorious church, in the fullness measure the stature of himself. The Greek there literally is Jesus will present himself, a perfect image of himself, to himself, a perfect, spotless, blameless church that has made herself ready. Well, that is through obedience unto righteousness and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, growing up into him in all things, all truth, because faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen, which is truth, all truth. It's giving you to know all things and giving you to know all truth and no lies of the truth. It's coming up to the full measure of Christ. So therefore, in Revelation 15, the overcomers that overcome this mark of the beast, the number of his name, that number is a 603 score and six. Now, that was written with the Greek key, Z, stigma. Key in the, the Greek gematria, the Bible numerics, in the Greek, key, C-H-I, is 600. He did not write 600. He wrote key, Z, stigma. That's a spiritual number. It's a spiritual revelation. Key is 600. That is Christ. The number of warfare. 600 throughout the word of God. Solomon had 600 chariots of gold. You'll find 600 being warfare, and it's God is fights our wars. He's the God of battles. He's a man of war. The battle's not yours, but the Lord's. That is 600. Christ. Then Z-X-I. That is 60, which means rebellion. Going against. That is standing in opposition. And it's literally, literally written as a coal snake ready to bite, ready to strike. Then stigma is, in the original, mankind, flesh, flesh and blood. That is stigma, man, flesh. Therefore, when we read the number of the beast, it is the number of his name. It's the number of his essence is what he is intrinsically, is key, Z, stigma. Jesus Christ, there, Christ, 600, Z, 60, is not six, come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. And it will stand against that with seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. And many that are in the faith, will turn from to, to this per, their pernicious ways, cleaving to them with flatteries, having indignation against the holy covenant of God, that covenant given to a man, which is Jesus Christ. They, he will prophesy, forecast his devices, and prosper as a prophet. And they'll say, who is able to make war with this beast? All the nations, the arms will stand on his part. He will come in and take the kingdoms by flatteries and by peace. He'll be a so-called man of peace. And by peace shall destroy many. And that's what we find in Daniel 11. That that is determined will be done. And after God has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, 
for a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, then all these things will be finished. During that time, we're singing the song of Moses and ultimately the song of the Lamb. The redeemed. Gotten victory over this beast, over the number of his name, over this key stigma, over this false doctrine and seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We know that there are three spirits. We can see that in the Word of God. Somebody said there's no trinity in the Word of God. Yes, there is. It's in Revelation 16, 13. There are three unclean spirits, like frogs, which are the spirits of devils working miracles. No, it didn't say three unclean spirits like snakes or three unclean spirits like dragons or serpents or scorpions, three unclean spirits like frogs. Why frogs? Because it's both in the water, out of the water, and they croak, and that that frog, he tells us who it is. These are three unclean spirits like frogs, which are the spirits of devils. But they come as angels of light. Three unclean spirits like frogs, which are the spirits of devils working miracles. Not false miracles, but miracles. You know, when God told Abraham, cast Ishmael out according to Sarah's will against Hagar. Well, immediately uh, there, they've cast him out. You think, well, that's good. That's a good thing because Isaac, in thy seed, he'll be blessed. Isaac, he will have the last laugh, means laughter. He'll have the last laugh. But Abraham gave gifts to Ishmael. And you wonder why. Because those that are in God, signs follow them. You don't follow the signs. The signs follow them that believe. And if it were very possible... The very elect would be deceived in the last days through these doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, having the conscience seared with a hot iron. They will literally stand as truth in the last days and proclaim peace when there is no peace. But it looked like that arm stands on his part. He forecasts his devices and prospers. He looks like a true prophet. And he literally divides the prey among and the spoil among all the people. And they said, who is able to make war against the beast? This is a superpower and this man of sin leading the nations. Seems like that he is the Messiah. He can't be overturned. That he's indestructible, incorruptible. When in in truth, he is nothing but a false Messiah, false Christ. Therefore, how do we know? How do you try these spirits? John says very simply, 1 John 4, any spirit that confesses, and that's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the true believer confesses that Jesus Christ is that spirit, Jesus Christ, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Father, Word, that Jesus is that Christ. He is that Father. He is that Spirit. And there's only one. Only one. Not two, not three. Not a man that's not God, but God's a Spirit. No. That that man, Jesus Christ, is that Spirit. Is come in the flesh. That is the Spirit that is still coming, saving the lost. Born again, coming in the flesh, building his body, the church of the living God. Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh, is of God. So you have to confess that Jesus Christ is the Father, that he is that spirit, that he's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and that that Christ is in you, a born-again believer. But there will be many who will say, no, he's not the Father. 
He's not that that spirit, but he's a part of it. No, you've missed the mark. And any spirit can, that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God and is what? Is that spirit of Antichrist. He tells you what the spirit of Antichrist is right there. It denies that Jesus Christ is come, is still coming in the flesh. And the devil will do everything he can to take the glory away that's due unto Jesus, that he is the father of glory, that he is the father of lights, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Holy One of Israel, the Lord thy Redeemer, God thy Savior, and reduce him and not give him the glory due to his name. And that is the mark of the beast. And that mark, that mark will reside throughout the whole world, which all free and bond, small and great, rich and poor, will have to take in order to buy or sell. The Christian at that point will be hated of all nations for his name's sake, as stated in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And some will be delivered up and they shall kill you. Why would they do that? Because John 16, verse 1, Jesus said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. That the time will come, they'll deliver you up the, out of their synagogues, out of their churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Why? This they will do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But somebody said, that's two of them. No, it's one. Because Jesus is the Father. That's what he's saying. If you don't know me, you should have known the Father because I am a Father of one. We're one in the self-same spirit, John 10, 30. And that is the basic doctrine of Christ that if we do not abide in that doctrine of Christ, Second John 9, he hath not God. What is the doctrine of Christ? Well, that's the foundation of the whole church. Zerubbabel's hands has laid the foundation of it. And Zerubbabel's, Zerubbabel's hands will finish it. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It began coming out of the world when you were uh, repented, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're born again of the water and the spirit. Then you grew up to little children, babies to little children that you knew and you've known the Father, First John 2, 12 through 14. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is that spirit. In the days of his flesh, he took on him the form of a servant to fulfill the law. As a man, our kinsman redeemer, but after he fulfilled the law and being under the law, he had to pray to the Father. Under the law, he had to show us the way, the truth, and life and be tempted in all points like as we are, showing us the way, the truth, and life being one of us, mankind. But after he fulfilled that law, then he went back to his former glory, glorified with the Father's own self. All the Father has, he's given unto me. Then who is it? Jesus there is sat down with the Father in that throne, Revelation 3.21. Now Jesus has sent forth his spirit, his spirit, the spirit of the son, which is the spirit of the father. How many spirits? One. There's only one spirit. That's Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, what? Son? No, we cry, Abba, father, because that spirit is a father. The father's in us. There's one body, one spirit. One spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the who is above all, Father of us all and in us all. The Father's in us. That, that Trinity doctrine has missed the mark grievously by synods and these ecumenical councils of men throwing it down through the ages that it's the truth when it's a basic lie 
It's close to the truth. It, it's a way that seemeth right to a man, but then there are the ways of death. And because they do not have this revelation of Christ, what is that revelation of Christ? Well, the revelation of Christ is the whole foundation of the church. So if you, if the devil can get us off that foundation, well, he's won the battle. But that foundation, that Christ, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Those that have it know it, and they will not turn from it. We find it in Matthew 16. Jesus said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And some say you're John the Baptist, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ. You are that spirit that should come into the world. You are the God that will be with us. You are the Hamashiach. You are the Christos. You are Emmanuel, God with us, not God Jr. with us. You are God, all that God is, with us. Well, that's exactly right. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Simon Barjona called him by his earthly name. Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Somebody said, well, if he is the Father, why did he say that? Because he's made himself of no reputation, put a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit to work salvation for us as a man. And as long as he's working as a man, then he has to pray to the Father. The voice has to come from the excellent glory because he's showing us the way, the truth, and the life. God himself, that was manifest in that flesh. But afterwards, after he has literally fulfilled that law, then he takes the ordinances of the law, nails it to his cross, thereby breaks down that metal wall of partition that literally separated God from mankind, God doing it in his own body of flesh and blood, glorifying his own human back to himself. One God, not a God junior, <laughs> not a spirit junior. Nowhere did God talk to a spirit junior in heaven saying, go down and die for the sin of the world. That is a lie. That was contrived to these ecumenical councils that of Constantine, 325 A.D., and the Chalcedonian definition, 451 A.D., and literally is a Protestant relief, uh, belief today, which is a lie. So God is correcting us now for those that have an ear to hear. Those that will hear the truth will come out of her and be you separate. And those are the ones that God is revealing his truth to now that he is one. The Holy One of Israel never has been three, never has been two. There's only been one. And God's revealing that now. And that Jesus Christ is still coming, is come, still coming in the flesh, present in perfect tense, in the verb is come, in the body of Christ, until the last soul is saved in the Gentiles, the fullness of the Gentiles become in, and then, He'll turn to national Israel, according to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the promise to the fathers. Now, that's hard for some to believe. How can we be so wrong for so, so many years? Because God there will allow us to have our own heart, whatever you desire. But the ones that are stirring themselves up now, that diligently seek him, that know that they want to know the truth, and not because somebody said it. They want to know the power of God for themselves. Not something somebody said. That's mighty good for somebody else. But for you, the individual believer, need to know that power of God for yourself. And the only way to do that is to seek God with a, fervently with, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And when you do, God said, I'll reveal it to you. You seek me with all your heart, that day you will find me. That's his promise. Now we have uh, uh, a true seed, and that seed is Christ. Christ uh, is that rock upon which the whole church is built. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon bar Jonah, flesh and blood, has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter a Petrus, a piece of the rock. And upon this rock, 
the revelation of Christ, not Peter, but the revelation given to Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, Peter goes on and tells us who this rock is, this Christ revelation in First Peter, in his epistle, First Peter, first chapter, chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us. That is Moses, prophet, Samuel, prophet, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets, all the way to Malachi. He said, every one of those searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit, capital S, of Christ that was in them. Christ is that Spirit. Not a part of it, not a portion of the Godhead. Christ is that Spirit. One. Yaqid, so unique, solitary, one. Well, then he goes on. We know that Christ is that spirit that all the prophets prophesied by, by the spirit of Christ that was in them. That's the spirit. When it testified beforehand and it signified, when it testified beforehand, what? The sufferings of Christ. Wait a minute. That's not Christ Jr. That's Christ. Christ the Spirit is Christ the man. That's right. So those that have Christ, the man, have Christ the Spirit. There is the work of the ministry. And it'll be Christ through you, revealing Jesus in you in the last days. That Jesus Christ, that same Spirit, that was in Christ, dwell in you. That same spirit that dwell in Jesus dwells in you, Christ in you. It shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. You will be a witness of Christ as an ambassador for Christ. Pray you in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled unto God. The word of reconciliation is given to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. It's given to us. As Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and is still coming. The ones there have to have that Jesus is the Christ. That he is that spirit. That he is the father of glory. And 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, that spirit. The spirit that was manifest in flesh back in the days of his flesh and was glorified back to that spirit, God's own self, is born of God. 1 John 5, verse 1. 1 John 5, verse 20. The Son of God has come and give us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son. Who is that? That's This is the only true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. How can that be? The Son of God is the Father revealed. You acknowledge the Son, you automatically have the Father. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed. He is that Spirit. He is the Father. Therefore, 1 John 2.22, who is a liar? Who is that Antichrist? Who is a liar but he that denieth that denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Who is a liar of he, but he that denieth that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ? Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father. First and foremost, he is that Spirit. Then he came into the world in a body of flesh and blood. Died, buried, rose again, and then was glorified back with the Father's own self, going back to where he was before. That man being made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. After he's resurrected, all power in heaven and earth given to him. 
that did not leave the father powerless. That's Matthew 28, 18. Who is he? Let all the house of Israel know us surely. That same Jesus, that man you crucified, God hath made him, that man, both Lord, how many lords are there? One. Who's the Lord? Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that spirit. Made him both Lord and Christ. What's Christ? The quickening spirit. The spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. The man's made quickening spirit. Yes. First Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, Christ, that man, was made a quickening spirit. Now you're getting into the one God revelation, the true revelation, and the work of the ministry and the sealing of God's servants in their foreheads in Revelation 7 will be only those ones that have that revelation of Christ. Christ is the seal. And therefore, the song of Moses, he said, this will be in the last days. You've come out of Egypt. As it was a type of Israel coming out of Egypt, so we, the body of Christ, has come out of the world. We're pilgrims and strangers in this world, looking for that city whose builder and makers is, is God. Here we have no continuing city. We're looking for that new Jerusalem, the bride, adorned for her husband, which is to come. Notice here, he says, uh, he said, I will utterly hide my face in the day for all the evils which they have wrought in that they are turned to other gods. That is Deuteronomy 31, verse 18, because we have made the one God three, which is not the truth. There's a holy one Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, not two, not three. That's the Shema. That's the Deuteronomy 6.4. That's what they said at the morning sacrifice. The Shema blew the trumpet. Morning sacrifice, evening sacrifice. Shema blew the trumpet. Now the trumpet's blowing again. For what? The revelation of Jesus. That God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, things of faith, which more shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John, and it's now being revealed to those that have an ear. Want the sealing of God in Revelation 7? You have to have the true Jesus. There is none other way. But there he goes on and down says, It shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them in the last days, that this song, the song of Moses, shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouth of their seed. The ones that, the seed of Abraham, that which are, and the, those that have Christ in them. For I know their imaginations that they go about, even now before I have brought them into the land which I swear. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. This is for our admonition. The law being our schoolmaster in Christ. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good charge. For thou shalt bring the children of Israel to the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with them. And I will be with thee. And it shall come to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book until they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, the ministers, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, watch this, take the book of the law, which is now the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He did not abolish the law. He fulfilled it and brought it to a higher level. The law of Moses brought to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Take that law, put it in the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. For I know the rebellion. When? Look at verse uh, 29. For I know after my death, and they will utterly corrupt themselves and will turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, the way, the truth, and the life, and evil shall befall you when? In the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight 
of the Lord to provoke him, to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And that's exactly what the Song of Moses is admonishing us. And the whole judgments of God is because we're out of the way. And we are to return to the Lord our God. Somebody said, we're there. No, we're not. Hosea 6, verse 1. Come and let us return to the Lord, the true Lord, the real Jesus. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. You see, when we're out of the way, we're going to have these troubles. We're going to have that correction, chastening rod of God. He said, after the second day, I'll revive you. This is not revival. We're in the third day now. We're in that third thousandth year. We're in 2021. He said, and in that third day, where we are now, everybody's wanting to go back to Pentecost. We're not going back. We're going forward to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ in tabernacles where he tabernacles with us and we with God. It's a higher glory. And people want to go back? No, 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 no. We're going forward to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man to the knowledge of the Son of God in the unity of the faith, not these denominations, in the unity of the faith. Not some man-made doctrine that somebody went out there and incorporated and gave us a book and said, this is what we believe. No, the book, the Word of God is what we believe. Not some man-made uh, chisms and catechisms that they said, here's a book. Here's what we believe. No, we believe the Word of God. And the ones that believe that and stand for that are the ones that's going to be sealed in truth. And the truth is what is going to set you free. What man says is going to bind you in bondage. What God says will make you free. And who the Lord's made free is free indeed. Stand therefore in liberty. Stand therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The Lord right there, sealing that people of God in the service of God in their forehead. That seal is Christ. But you have to know the real Christ. Christ is that spirit that came into the world 2,000 years ago in the days of his flesh, Christ's flesh, died, buried, rose again, and went back glorified, made Lord and Christ. Went back to his former glory. That Christ, it behooved Christ to suffer. Die, buried, rise again. And uh, to enter into his glory, Christ's own glory. It was his. He laid it aside, became a man. Now he says, it behooved Christ to suffer. Why? Because he wants to redeem us. But after he's done it, then to enter into his glory. Get the glory back that he put off to become a man, to enter back into that glory, to enter into his glory. And then what? And then repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. That name of Christ is Jesus. There's not another. You want to be sealed? I want to be sealed. Let's all be sealed. Let's get in the real Christ. And I don't say that facetiously. We have been duped. We've been fussed a lot through these denominations. And I'm not against denominations. They have a right to be what they want to be. But the Word of God and what we stand for in this book we have to turn to the Lord our God and not another. We're not we're not a Trinitarian, Bidentarian. We're not a oneness. This is a Jesus-only doctrine. You'd like to know more. We'd like to know more simply. Give us a call. Write to me. Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. If you have questions, just send us a message. Write us a letter there. I look forward to hearing from you. Or you can visit us on the websites, sealinggodspeople.com, sealinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. And we'd love to hear from you. God is bringing his body into one, not through denominations, but through the unity of the faith. And those that are seeking God out of a pure heart He's leading us into one body, into that one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of all, and in us all for the work of the ministry. That's what he's doing now. We'd love to hear from you. 
Okay, thank you for your prayerful support. Those that you send in the, the financial support, we thank you because that's the only way we can keep bringing the podcast to you. Thank you. God bless you, 3600 fold. That you're doing it. Thank you for your prayers, your financial support. And until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.